Our first podcast is almost old enough to drive. We're not new, but hopefully still informative. This is the Friday, June 24, 2022 version of the Market Analysis segment for Market to Market. The adage of up the escalator, down the elevator shaft could apply to any number of commodity markets this week as long positions were vacated. For the week, the nearby wheat contract plummeted $1.11 or 11%, while July corn dropped 34 cents. Crude oil's drop, recession fears, and favorable growing conditions weighed back in the soy complex. The nearby soybean contract fell 91 cents. July meal shed 550 per ton. December cotton plunged 2024 or 17%. Over in the dairy parlor, July class 3 milk futures lost 78 cents. The livestock sector was down. August cattle declined 320. August feeders dropped 45 cents, and the July lean hog contract fell 7 cents. In the currency markets, the U.S. dollar index dropped by 54 ticks. July crude oil weakened by $1.06 per barrel. Comex gold lost 5.30 per ounce. And the Goldman Sachs Commodity Index fell almost 21 points to finish at 733.70. Joining us now to provide some insight, John Roach. Hi, John. Hi, Paul. I wish you had a week where you could, you know, smile about some things. You know, I always hate coming in when the markets are down so sharply. It, uh, it uh, makes it a little frustrating. We had a quiz about there's only one market that we track on this show that was up this week. So, and that was the euro, if you're paying attention at home. Let's start with wheat. Normally not the most uh, headline-grabbing thing, but we're talking 11% drop. Why? Well, I think you have to look across all the markets, and, and there's a, the, the same uh, cause uh, for a decline, uh, raising interest rates and the potential of putting the country into some sort of a recession or a worse recession. And uh, uh, so we've, we seem to go back and forth. We cycle from we're worried about inflation to we're worried about recession. And this was the recession week. And uh, with wheat in harvest, uh, you had a double reason then for the price to go down. You were in a bad environment, and the water was all going down under, the, you know, under all the boats, uh, and, but you had wheat in harvest. And so uh, uh, putting wheat away in storage doesn't make any sense at these price levels, and so it makes a, a reason for farmers to sell. Yeah, even when you're over $9, yeah, that's not a price you normally get, and so you're saying make some sales. Well, farmers did this week. I mean, uh, we were pretty heavily sold. We came into this harvest season uh, with an idea that we didn't want to store any wheat at all. And so we were pretty heavily sold. And so um, uh, hopefully the people uh, that uh, follow us uh, didn't have much that they needed to be selling now. But uh, but, but that was what a lot of people did. I wouldn't sell the decline that we have right now. I, th- I think that, that we'll go back to the other side and we'll talk inflation again. And so uh, I'd, I'd rather wait until we get uh, uh, back on that side of the, of the uh, story rather than uh, make sales this week. Well, wheat was the one of the commodities that was not green today on Friday uh, across the board. Uh, corn, soybeans kind of rallied back. This corn market, though, uh, you're having the heat dome is gone. Uh, the, the crop is there. You just did a big tour of all sorts of areas here in the I-States. Is it all because there's a crop out there? 
Well, I think it's a, another situation where we had prices up at a very high level, and uh, and we didn't really have a fundamental justification to push on higher. We had a weather change. So last week, when we had 95 degree temperatures across Illinois and and, a wind, and the wind blowing, that was very worrisome, and we put prices up up at a peak. And, uh, and gener- we generated a sell signal, and, uh, uh, and and then this week, when the temperatures started to cool, uh, the prices came. Uh, back under pressure again, and when we looked at the crop ratings report, uh, the ratings are are actually better than normal. So, uh, so we do have a good crop in the field, but we still have to get through the most critical time of the of the year, uh, which is directly ahead. And nobody's gotten a general relief. Well, a few. There's some people to the north that have, but. Nobody, most areas have not had the general relief of a two or three inch rain. There's also a thought that maybe there's some technical movement here. Is this anything technical driven on corn? Well, clearly when the, when the trend turns down and you have spec funds holding very large long positions, net long positions, uh, the adage of the market is trend is your friend. And the professional traders that manage those funds certainly got sell signals with almost any program that they're using, they got sell signals. Uh, we did, it didn't show up so much on today's commitment of traders report. In corn, we were down about 12,000 contracts in the spec fund category. But you can imagine through the balance of this week, uh, that was as of Tuesday, the balance of the week, you know, they, they made more sales with this decline. I think Mitchell in Orange County has been paying attention to a lot of uh, strategy that you've talked about and others have talked about. He's wondering if this is what's going on. His question came in via Facebook. He says, John, was this an end-of-month sell-off or a permanent downtrend? I think at at the moment it's an end-of-the-month sell-off. We won't really know whether it's going to uh, stay down at these kind of price levels until we see what the weather brings. Uh, We can make an argument uh, next week that it stays dry and the forecast is dry, and we can talk about very exciting uh, prices, or we can get the general rain that makes the crop come home, and uh, in which case we'll look backwards and say, why why were we so optimistic at $8? (laughs) Well, are you optimistic right now in soybeans at all? Uh, we have buy signals in soybeans, in wheat, and in corn. And, uh, and so what we're suggesting to people is that if they've made substantial sales along at the higher price level, this is a place to buy call options to cover the upside risk of the unknown weather and the unknown inflation. And so, uh, no, we're not really uh, sellers here at this lower price. We've had several of these cycles during 22 where we broke down, and particularly since the spring of 22, where we broke down to this price level and rallied all the way back up and then back down again. So this isn't the first time that we've acted like uh, the market's over. It could be, it could be, but, uh, but not until the weather says it's over. Well, if you extend Mitchell's question a little bit, there's also an underlying theory at the end of June, we're talking acreage. In your driving that you've done this week, did it appear to you <laughs> that there's more bean acres out there, thus driving that November contract lower? Well, I think that, that that that's maybe part of it, that we, uh, we got more crop planted, uh, a few more acres of beans because we got delayed on the planting on corn uh, because of wet weather, particularly up north. Uh, I don't think we're going to see the amount of prevent plant that uh, we thought we might see. I think farmers got the crop in. Uh, but another problem that's happening in, in soybeans, uh, probably the, the lead, is that the palm oil market fell apart. 
Uh, and uh, I think last week alone, palm oil was down 9%. And see, that's been a big catalyst underneath the soybean oil market as we look at biodiesel increasing. And, and so when energies fell, soybeans were an energy that were also impacted. And so uh, the, uh, the price of soybean oil was the, the leader to the downside in the soybean complex, and it was falling palm oil. Uh, so now today we saw uh, crude start to bounce back again, and I'm of the opinion that the crude oil market and, oil and energy market uh, is still very much alive, and, uh, and so I think we can get some help from that sector, plus the weather. Plus the weather. Uh, real quick on cotton, I, I can't ignore a 20% drop. What's going on? You know, it, uh, uh, one of the things that happened in the, uh, coming out of 20, uh, the retailers made decisions on what kind of clothing to have, to, 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 uh, to stock and so forth. And, uh, and they made a mistake because they continued with casual clothing when we went back to work. And so, uh, so they got caught. And I think that uh, the, uh, what we saw happen is demand slowed at the mill level. And I think it goes all the way back to the retail level. I think people are afraid with a, a recession. Uh, and remember, that's what we talked about this week. And so the market that got hurt the most was one that's the most, I would say, the closest related to consumer demand, cotton. Uh, what, what will people do as energy prices uh, move up? Uh, what will they back off on? Uh, what will they not buy? And new clothes uh, might fit that category. And I think that's what, we, what, what the, the mills were afraid of. Is the consumer buying beef? Consumer continues to buy beef. Uh, that's that's one market where uh, consumer uh, uh, has a, 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 a liking for beef, and they have about so much of it, and so that demand is actually held fairly well, even though the prices on live cattle this week were at the highest that they've been, uh, you know, in this year. So we're uh, we're seeing the demand hold together strong enough to be able to hold the price up. And now we have a cattle on feed report that's actually a little bit friendly. We had smaller placements than were anticipated uh, and smaller numbers on feed. Not a lot, about a point less, uh, but, uh, but it's, a, it's a friendly uh, situation there. The cattle market, though, is a, has been really unusual this week. I mean, we've had the futures falling apart while the cash market's printing new high. And so that's unusual. Basis levels are extremely uh, unusual that the futures uh, 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 to cash relationship, cash is much stronger than the futures. Uh, that's caused people to move cattle out of the feedlot quicker. The temperatures had something to do with that and the death losses and so forth. Uh, and, uh, so, uh, and we've got a complete difference in, uh, the, in prices between uh, feedlot cattle in the south and feedlot cattle in the north. Big range of difference yeah. in transportation is involved there. So the cattle market's really unusual right now. As I talk to cattle traders that know a lot more than I do, they're all a little bit baffled. Cash was higher too in the hog market. Uh, hog market uh, is kind of a steady go, uh, and we're worried about the demand on, on hogs, uh, or demand on pork. The, uh, we should have been seeing some late spring demand perk in the market, and it didn't really show up the way people expected. Uh, we've got plenty of, uh, of uh, cold storage uh, uh, inventory, and, uh, and so we're, we're a little bit concerned that that may be where the consumer is, uh, is balking a little bit and uh, trying to save a few dollars. Well, I'm going to save a few seconds and say, thank you, John. We're going to keep going in a minute, but thanks for the time. Thank you very much, Paul. All right. That's John Roach.
That's going to do it for our installment of the TV show we call Market to Market. We're going to keep going in Market Plus. Got all sorts of great questions from you right here. You can find Market Plus on our website of markettomarket.org. And all of these resources are free. And here's the thing. We want to hear from you. Our email inbox is always open. Send a note to markettomarket at iowapbs.org. And you can talk directly to us about your story ideas, comments on our program, or just an old hi in an old-fashioned email. Next week, the impact of pending legislation on cattle feedlots. Thank you so much for watching. Have a great week.